0: So, here we are. Ooh. <laughs> Did you <Whoa>. hear that? <laughs> me, my, me, mama. Me, my, me, mama. Ooh, Wow. I sound like Peter Brady. So, here we are. <laughs> so, here we are. Wow, you guys. I've had a lot of coffee. Get it okay. together. Deep breaths. Here we go.
1: Hello, Yellen Marsh. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, all our down bitches and loyal, wonderful listeners. I say loyal because you love us for us, and that's on you. If you choose to stay...
0: Yeah, we didn't, we didn't force you to get on this roller coaster, but we're so glad you did.
1: <laughs> oh, welcome to Obsessed with Disappeared, the podcast where Joey Taranto and I recap episode by episode the true crime show Disappeared. Here we are. It's a beautiful summer afternoon. And how are you doing, Joey? I'm doing great. You know, um, I finally am in my, the last two weeks of
0: my run where I don't have to rehearse during the day anymore. I can just do the show at night. So I get to live like a normal person during the day. I can actually Uh, see San Diego.
1: I can't wait for you to be back in the studio. We have so many fun announcements coming up this summer. And if you want more Joey and I, please join us on the Patreon. That is where we do all of our bonus episodes, our ad-free content. We just did, for the first time, we did a bonus, bonus episode because with your Patreon, you get three ad-free episodes of whatever bonus show we're covering. And for the first time, we did a little bonus, bonus episode. We did Love After Lockup. It was pretty chaotic, but we gave the people what they wanted. We also have 100 episodes ready for you to download and binge of Snap. Casino Evil, Evil Lives Here, Who the Bleep Did I Marry, Friday Neighbor, and our latest pink collar crimes, which was Joey's favorite. Oh we are God. now on to Love, Honor, and Betray, which contrary to popular opinion, is not just a list of all of my exes. It's an actual <laughs> TV show.
0: <laughs> also, you get access to our close friend circle on Instagram. You get the first crack at live shows, merchandise. There's a lot of perks. We have a lot of fun live on there. shows,
1: do you say? Whole. Hold the phone. Anyway, lots of fun surprises coming your way for all of our listeners and for the Drama Club. We can't wait to tell them. I hate keeping secrets. I really, really do.
0: You are very good at it for hating it. I am
1: very good at it. I just don't like it. Yeah, who does? Anyway, on to the episode. Season 8, episode 8, About a Boy, tells the story of the disappearance of Zachary Bernhardt.
2: An 8-year-old boy goes missing from his home in the dead of night.
3: They just said that they couldn't find him and they were sending out search teams. No signs of a struggle.
2: No evidence of a break-in. The crime scene where Zachary disappeared was just that, Zachary disappeared. A city rallies behind a desperate family.
3: We're all here waiting So please don't stop looking for Zach.
2: But as the story spreads, rumors fly.
1: I remember being out with her and people calling her a murderer.
2: Everyone has questions. Why would you do this? Why would you do that? And then, more shocking crimes against children in the area.
3: He was soliciting for someone to help him abduct a little boy.
2: Years pass, but family and law enforcement refuse to give up. It's like a puzzle, but we're missing lots of pieces.
0: Here we are in Clearwater, Florida, cuz of course, Florida, on September 10th, 2000, which is literally 5 days before my boyfriend was born.
1: How very <laughs> I did not sobering. Know where you were going with that. How very Everybody's sobering. Everybody's doing math on their fingers. <laughs>
0: And we hear about 8-year-old Zachary Bernhardt, who has just come home to his mother, 29-year-old Leah Hackett. And he's been outside playing with the neighborhood kids all day. Remember when you played? You know, wait, real quick. I read a meme that broke my heart. There was a meme that said... No one knew the last day that they were outside playing with their friends would be the last day.
1: Oh, that is true. Kids don't play outside like we used to. They don't? Like, we would just, no, they don't play outside. We used to go outside, our parents didn't know where we were, and then we would fling in, you know, smelling of Cheetos and dirt, and we would just come inside. Kids don't do that anymore. No, they don't. Every time my daughter has played outside, I've been with her.
0: What a lucky girl.
1: And it's just...
2: (laughs) At the Savannah Trace apartment complex a couple of miles inland, 8-year-old Zachary Bernhardt has just come home to his mother, 29-year-old Leah Hackett, after playing with neighborhood children. It's just Leah and Zachary living together in the two-bedroom apartment.
3: They loved each other a lot. They spent a lot of time together. Had a very tight bond. Very tight bond. With her being single, all they had was each other. They're like best friends, too, but when she had to be a parent, she was a parent
1: the Savannah Trace apartment complex where Leah and Zachary live. And we hear from Billy Joe Jimenez, who's Zachary's aunt. And she just tells us about sweet little Zachary.
0: They just say what a sweet ray of sunshine this little boy was and how he, you know, he was the only boy with all of these girls and they just loved him. They loved to dote on him. They loved to spoil him. He was just the sweetest little angel.
1: Yeah, we see a bunch of home movies, which, you know, always breaks my heart. But he was just, you know, He was everything. He was sweet. He was creative. He loved the art of play. He was just a sweet, smart little boy. Now, Zachary comes from a really tight-knit family. They have very much a village mentality. That's because Leah, like, you know, a lot of Americans, she works a bunch of jobs. You know, they struggled with money and housing for a while, but there was always cousins and aunts, you know, to pick up the slack and help out with Zachary.
0: Listen, Hillary Clinton said it. It takes a village. It's very true. Hillary Clinton said that? Well, she had a book called It Takes a Village.
1: Oh, okay. I, I mean, who who knew that she coined that? But yes, it does. I don't now, know who Zach- she
0: coined it, <laughs> but she did write a book about it.
1: Zachary is the youngest of a, like a shit bucket of cousins. Like, I had so many cousins growing up, too. Like, I lost track of who were cousins, who were family friends. You know, when in doubt, you just call someone a cousin. But Zachary, you know, they were just a big extended family, which I I think is awesome. Now,
0: Billy Joe, Aunt Billy Joe, says he was raised with all girls. He would play dress up and play princess. And and Grandma Carol says, you know, if you told Zachary to put on a dress, he'd put on a dress. If you told him to do a cartwheel, he would try to do a cartwheel. Here's what I want to say about that. Okay. Okay. There is something really remarkable that happens for a child who is given the space and freedom to be themselves. Yeah. When you give a child the opportunity to be imaginative and creative without the confinements of social norms, a magical thing happens. And it's, it's really a gift because you give them a chance to figure out what makes them happy, what excites them, what interests them without a parent or a family member or someone in a position of authority projecting their own insecurities and, you know, socially conditioned ideas as to what normal is. The reason I say this is because I think back about my own childhood and how very flamboyant I was mm-hmm. and I wanted to entertain. I'm sorry. I know I'm going off on a diatribe early, but I have a point. I wanted to entertain and make people, you know, laugh and all that. You, and we see these videos of him just putting on shows. So many so, and many home
1: videos. And
0: my parents, I made them uncomfortable because they had very archaic ideas about gender Norms and they thrusted those on me. And I remember my mother saying, You need to toughen up and stop hanging out with girls so much. And I know that's a very outdated idea, but it came from a place of love because she wanted to protect me from bullies. Mm-hmm. But what she didn't realize is in very specific ways, she became my own bully. Oof. So what I want to say is hearing the family talk about Zachary and how they just let him dress up like a princess if he wanted to, they didn't care. Think twice before you criticize your kid. Sometimes behavior that terrifies you is harmless and it actually is a result of your own unexamined prejudices. Don't be your kid's bully. Don't be a source of their fear. Truly, if you guys can watch this episode, watch it and watch these home videos because it is so sweet to see the freedom yeah. that this kid had. I yeah. wish I had that when I was a kid. Yeah,
1: no, and we see, so we see cousins. We see cousin Dindia, we see cousin Amanda. But uh, I let me just mention who's not in this episode. Mama Leah, more on that later.
2: Yes. Leah has been working evenings at a nearby telemarketing company for around a year.
3: It was a job that she had that she could make money and support her and Zachary the best she could.
2: Leah works late and sleeps during the day while Zachary is at school. When she is at her job, she has a neighbor in the complex babysit him. But on this Sunday, Leah has the night off, so it's just the two of them as they settle in for a mother-son evening.
1: Now for the past year, Leah had been working nights at a telemarketing company, but on this particular night, it was a Sunday and she was off and her and Zachary were just having like a perfect mommy son night. You know, she made his favorite meal. They watched a movie. He stayed up late, you know, till about 11 and Zach wanted to sleep in her bed, which I thought was adorable. I love my mommy daughter nights. It's so sweet. But now since Leah had been working at this telemarketing company for about a year, her body clock, so Aunt Billy Joe said, was set. So she had been used to being up all night. So she was awake, we hear. And she was awake while little Zachary slept. And uh, we hear what she was doing that night.
0: She was a night owl. I'm a night owl. I get it. She was watching some TV. She, you know, was hanging on the computer, surfing the internet. Remember, this is the year 2000, so.
1: Internet, big deal, those chat rooms. Honey,
0: we're talking dial-up modems and AOL. So she's doing that around 1 a.m. She takes the garbage out and drops it off at the dumpster and then she comes back home, which apparently she had to get in her car and drive off to do.
1: Yeah, that actually wasn't very curious to me because there are complexes where there might be only one or two places and during the day it might be fine, but late at night she has to drive. There are several other things that I have many follow-up questions about. The driving to the garbage isn't one of them.
2: At some point in the morning, she decided to... uh go
1: to the pool. Just prior to leaving, she puts eyes on Zachary to make sure he's still
3: sleeping, uh, which he was, in her bed. And then she goes downstairs and exits the apartment. She says she doesn't take the keys with her. It would have been somewhere in
2: that uh, 3 to 4 a.m. period. She had left the door unlocked. Leah does not usually swim at night. But on impulse, she plunges in.
0: Then she decides to take a late night swim? Yeah! A um, late night swim! Yeah, and she, okay, okay. She doesn't take her keys. She leaves the door unlocked, and she doesn't take a towel.
1: Or a bathing suit. Yes. Yeah. Somebody help
0: me because I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but you're not making it easy for me, Mama Leah.
1: Yeah, I'm going to give a lot of benefits of several of my doubts because Christopher (laughs) tells us that she doesn't usually swim at night. Okay, the spirit, you know, moved her to take a little dip. She also doesn't have a bathing suit or a towel, and she decides to jump in, which immediately makes me sus. Because in this moment, there's nothing worse than wet clothes, right? Yeah. And she's in jean shorts and a tank top and swimming in jeans. I'm sorry, that's dragging you down like, you know, like Mike Williams in the fucking with the lake bottom, you know? Yeah. And... (laughs) <laughs> it in your jeans. Ugh, and, no, not her again. So the spirit drew her walk through this with me to the pool at about three o'clock in the morning. Couldn't be bothered to put on a bathing suit. Yeah. And she just jumped in the pool, swam a lap and went home. And then, you know, undoubtedly the worst part about swimming and then going anywhere is being wet and then going into air conditioning. The worst. Oh, my God. It doesn't matter how hot it is outside. That feeling of being wet and then going somewhere air conditioned, it, like, makes your teeth chatter, right? Oh, it's like when you get out of a hot shower and you open the bathroom door and the A.C. blows in. You're like, I'm going to die. It's exactly. terrible. It doesn't matter what the temperature is outside. And I'm sure since it was, you know, Florida, it was, you know, a balmy swamp. But <laughs> you're cold. It doesn't matter. So Leah says she went. She was cold. She took a shower because she was in all of her clothes. Didn't have a towel, and then went home. And then ID decides to do a really awkwardly long, unsupported, and unexplicable zoom into the shower showerhead. head. For <laughs> it was. Did the editor fall asleep real quick? Like the ID people were like, it's fine. Yeah. We we have a video of the shower head. I mean, I didn't count it, but it felt like about nine seconds, which doesn't seem like a long time when you say it, but count to nine. It's a long time. Maybe it was eight. I don't know, but I I needed a nap and a sandwich and we were still zoomed in on that shower head for no reason.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe they didn't want to get too sexy. Maybe they're like, let's just focus on the shower head. We don't need to see her in the shower.
1: Okay. All right. Whatever it was, (laughs) Too long. It's too <laughs> long, ID.
2: It is a little after four in the morning, and Leah Hackett has just discovered that her son is not asleep in her bed where she'd last seen him. So she immediately became
1: concerned and then started uh, searching for Zach in the apartment.
3: Went downstairs, checked in the closets, checked the kitchen, checked everywhere. She thought maybe Zach got up and walked over to the babysitter. So she starts banging on the glass doors there, and they haven't seen Zach.
0: Now it's 4.30 a.m. It's You know, it's September 11th. She hops out of the shower, goes into her bedroom, expecting to see Zachary in his bed. Only he isn't.
1: This is the family retelling Leah's account of what happened. Did I mention Leah's not here? Yeah, you did. I said did. that, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure. So at 4.47 a.m., she calls the Clearwater Police Station. We hear the 911 call, and she's saying she can't find her son. Now, here is where we meet... Chief Daniel Slaughter from the Clearwater Police Department. Now, at this moment, while we're watching, I know nothing about Daniel. Is he a good chief? Is he a bad chief? I have no idea. But I feel like I owe it to this podcast to say that if you are in law enforcement or law of any kind, any kind of public servant, and your last name is Slaughter... I'm going to beg you to change your name. Now, I, I can imagine the paperwork isn't easy. I recognize that. But I'm going to implore you to take the couple days, maybe standing in a long, obnoxious line, because if I have an emergency and someone with the name of Slaughter is <laughs> is going to help me, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like, if I had a choice of anyone else to help me, I'm Go with anyone else? Like,
0: Ellen, I, mean, I wrote all of this down.
1: But like, what just, an like, unfortunate like, last name to have if you're working
0: in the missing persons department. <laughs> oh, this is Detective Slaughter. Detective who? Uh, maybe just change the last name to Smith or some shit. It's like having surgery and the doctor performing your vasectomy introduces himself like, hi, I'm doctor, I'ma fuck this up. How are you? Uh, or, hello, I'm really excited to operate on your penis today. My name is Dr. Whoops. Any other name, people? Can we change his name? Can we call him anything other than Detective Slaughter?
1: All right, think. What, what's his name? Detective, shame about your name. Uh, let's just call him Detective, Ooh. Okay, Detective, ooh. (laughs) So they sent the cops to their apartment and they start searching for little eight-year-old Zachary.
0: So here's the phone call that nobody ever wants to get that early in the morning.
3: I was at my house in Zephyr Hills. My mom lived with me. My phone rang and my heart dropped. It was uh, Leah. She said Zach's missing. So we both got in one car and headed to Clearwater. And I took the longest drive of my life to this day. I pulled in there to the apartment complex and there it was, the yellow tape.
0: Aunt Billy Joe's like, it was the longest drive of my life. I can't even imagine being in that position, having a family member who is a child going missing and thinking the whole time, well, they got to show up. They've got to show up, you know, waiting for the logical explanation.
1: Of course. So the cops arrive and with the cops, the media arrives. I mean, he's just a little boy. He's just a little eight year old boy. So they want to take Leah downtown, but they don't want the media to find out, which I thought was very considerate. Of course, they have to bring her down. So they process the apartment. And here's the thing. No broken door, no sign of a struggle, no sign of forced entry, no blood, no nothing. He just disappeared. And that's all they knew. I mean, you lived in Florida. Everything was around him. You know, the woods, the swamps, the alligator, you know, the Florida man who tries to steal a rack of ribs by stashing it in his pants. You know, (laughs) ordinary stuff. As for you know, by Florida's standards. But don't get mad at me, Florida. Calm down. You know it. You live there. You have your no property tax. You can stomach this story. You've all all gone to church
0: with a pool noodle in your hand. We know. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But nothing was out of the ordinary in terms of the house, except for this baby boy is missing yeah and
0: we don't get a timeline for the search but they do everything it's it's the fire department patrol officers detectives on foot in the air they bring out cadaver dogs everything they do all of it and they can't find anything like anything yeah. so more on that later yeah. so mama leah is at the police station being questioned by detective Ooh, Ooh. which is a yeah and so he says, look, she was very cooperative. She tells me everything. And listen, we know that in cases of missing persons, a lot of the time the perpetrator is someone the victim knew. Mm-hmm. So the police inquire about Zachary's dad. And Mama Lee is like, well, here's his name and info. But I'm telling you now, he's never been a part of Zachary's life. Well, the reason is because when they call the man to tell him about his son, he didn't know he had a son.
1: Yeah. More on that later. Oh. Yeah. I did some digging. Oh, God.
0: While
2: the search goes on, Detective Dan Slaughter continues his interview of Zachary's mother, Leah. Everybody reacts differently when they're under stress, but um, there's definitely things that you know make you question and try to go from there, and that, that develops investigative angles. Detectives send Leah home that night, but they still have questions. The circumstances of Zachary's disappearance are just not adding up.
1: They all kind of agree that things aren't adding up. Now, I feel like at this point, I'm kind of an expert on things not adding up. And that's not an I'm not good at math joke, which is also true. (laughs) It's just legitimately so many times things make no sense. Where do people go? You just start with this very obtuse idea of, you know, what happens in a day and they, you know, slowly start to narrow it down. So we're on day two of the search and they do a land search of about a two mile radius. Yeah. Then Christopher says...
2: Searchers comb a two mile radius, including 600 acres of mangroves, woods, brush and shoreline.
1: Now, I've been doing this podcast for a minute... (laughs) I have never heard, nor do I know what a mangrove is.
0: I got a mangrove. I know what a man is.
1: You. I know what a <laughs> grove is. Is that is that some kind of compound word? Because the news footage shows boats. And I was like, did they search the boats? Is a mangrove a boat? Cue my DMs. <laughs> I don't know what a mangrove is. Uh, but it's my
0: grinder username, my a mangrove. <laughs>
1: But then also, you know, beyond the mangrove search, I truly have never heard that word. The family, you know, says they're flyering all over town.
0: Yeah. And so back to Mama Leah's interview, Detective, ooh, he says, you know, Her interview was odd at times. Now, you and I have discussed this many times about people's trauma responses and and how, you know, you can't always go by people's emotions or their reactions to insane, overwhelming events happening. But he says, you know, she went from being really upset to cracking a joke. Listen, the day after my father passed, my sister and I were making death jokes because that was our way of coping. Is it for everyone? No. So it's hard to gauge people in that state, but he does say the thing that stood out the most to me, the detective, was why would someone leave their sleeping child at 4 a.m. to go swimming without locking the door, bringing their keys, bringing a towel? And also, Mama Leah had said, like, oh, yeah, I don't even like swimming.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Madeline McCann of it all, you know, I mean, there are so many times where you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. It's a red flag. Yeah. And they're trying to get a better scope of Leah, you know, because of these oddities. And we learned that she's had a lot of boyfriends in and out. She's also, you know, missed rent. She's, you know, gone delinquent on bills. She borrows money a lot. And I'm like, ugh, that doesn't really, you know, make someone a bad person. But 48 hours after Zachary went missing, they held a press conference in front of Leah's apartment. Anyone who has ever met Zach
3: has loved Zach. The support of the community has shown us how much Zach is loved. We miss him. We love him very much. And we want him to come home. We're all here waiting. So please don't stop looking for Zach.
1: And help bring
3: Zach home.
1: Now, to your point, I really try not to judge other people's, you know, mentality when some kind of tragedy happens. Because yeah. just because I'm a hysterical basket case watching John Quinone's on What Would You Do? doesn't mean I'm any more <laughs> or less empathetic that, you know, someone who watches it who might be dry eyed I mean, you are a sociopath if you don't cry at that show, but I'm not going to say that out loud. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Or a Titanic.
1: and. I speak a lot about behavior and we've spoken about demeanor evidence and I recognize I am a person that is more on the hysterical end of the spectrum. I'm not saying that to be funny, but either this woman took a fistful of beta blockers or she has an extreme amount of control over her emotions. But she is giving this plea like she is double checking her boneless wings order with the Applebee's server. I hate
0: you, and, but it's true.
1: No, I'm not saying that makes her guilty or not guilty. I'm just saying it confuses me. And watching that, I am as uh, I get confused easily, but I am as confused <laughs> as I am as to when to use the semicolon because that that is a very unclear rule. Don't get me started on hyphens. But it was eerily calm well I I just I'm stating that as a fact not as a judgment yeah I mean I will say
0: yes there was a sort of stoic air about her also I want to say I I mean this is probably apropos of nothing she just looks so young
1: she looked like a teenager yeah like she
0: looked lost
1: and and when someone is in an Intense situation, people react in different ways. You can be emotionally overwhelmed, but you could also have an underlying neurological issue. Absolutely, you know there. You know, being neurodivergent, you know, it doesn't shock me. I understand my brain and how my brain works, and I can make a joke when I'm uncomfortable. But when your baby is missing. Yeah. I just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Yeah,
0: I get it. Well, listen, the, the neighbors get involved at this point because the neighbors tell police, listen, we saw Mama Leah's car coming and going between mm-hmm. 3 and 3.45 a.m. when Leah said she was home with Zachary. Yeah. However, the police can't confirm any of these reports.
1: Yeah, there's no surveillance or anything of her car coming and going. I Can we get more surveillance cameras in parking lots?
2: Investigators cannot confirm any of these reports, but they have enough questions that on September 28th, a police spokesman tells a local paper investigators don't believe they have the whole story from Zach's mother. We weren't in a position to to be able to say that Leah was culpable. But there were reasons for us to to believe she wasn't telling us everything. And we have an obligation to the public to make them understand that that we're we're doing our due diligence in an investigation like this as well.
1: Someone from the Clearwater Police Department makes a statement to the paper that says Leah for sure knows more than she's saying, which breaks my heart because because... you assume as a parent, now I know you are a cat parent, so I'm yeah. not going to speak for you. Hard I would, work. I wouldn't, I would be motherfucked if I'm going to speak for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we assume that parental love is just a given. You know, we as parents, as loving parents, as you know, many people that are listening, I'm sure can empathize with. It is hard to wrap your head around somebody doing harm to their children. Now, I absolutely believe Casey Anthony did something to young, you know, Kaylee, but there's a part of my brain that can't process that. And I'm not a doctor. I'm some wackadoo that someone gave a microphone to. But there are tons of examples of parents who are not able to love their children and who are fully capable of hurting them. It's just hard to let your brain go there. You know, yeah. Uh, th- there well, could you don't want parent- to let your brain go there. Yeah. A parent could be living with their own childhood trauma and maybe taking it out on their children. You don't know. It's just for me. And I know you as a cat dad probably empathize with this. It is hard to allow my brain to go there.
0: I feel like when you say that I'm a cat dad, you're being sarcastic. Uh-huh. I no. feel like you're not being wholeheartedly uh, sincere with the uh-huh. uh, with the, the problems that come along with being a cat parent.
1: Right, yeah, no, I love how you state the obvious with a sense of childlike wonder and discovery. That is it, anyway, back to leah um. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
0: So, listen, it's been months since Zachary's disappearance and Mama Leah has moved out of the apartment complex that she was living in with Zachary. But the Which, po- again,
1: I don't find suspicious. No, I don't
0: either. I wouldn't want to live there. But police bring her back to the apartment one more time so that she can walk them through what happened again. They videotaped the walkthrough, which we see a clip of.
3: I went downstairs. And I went on my computer. And while I was down there, I was talking in my chat room. I was goofing off, you know. Typical night. Zach's in bed. I have anything to do, so I'm talking in my
1: chat room. Did you notice anything weird about that video? What? I mean, you know I love body language. I love people who dissect body language. But she was looking at the floor the whole time. Everything she said she was looking at the floor. Now, they usually consider someone who looks at the floor, that's usually associated with shame or guilt. Could be sorrow. But that woman did not look up for love or money. Did you not notice that?
0: I mean, looking back now in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah. I guess she did seem kind of uncomfortable.
1: So, uh, Lieutenant, oh, says he has yet to change his name. Through this episode, Please he does not do. change his name. I can't believe that nobody, that
0: his boss, not a manager, not a supervisor said, uh, brother, can we talk about this last name? It's a little off-putting.
1: Yeah, it re- really is. So, he says Oh, that this is so cringe. Leah,
0: this is so cringe.
1: Yeah. She decides to step away from the investigation, and she doesn't want to participate anymore. Now, my judgmental self says, well, obviously she's guilty and she's crazy. But then I think I let my, you know, cooler head prevail. And I think, what if she can't handle it? What if she can't yeah. handle her sorrow, her anguish? It makes her unable to be helpful or communicative or even function.
0: Yeah, she had already been verbally accosted in public by lots of people being called a murderer. So, yes, I can understand that side of it.
1: But then I think about a family like the Kessies who yeah. never stopped doing interviews, never stopped doing podcasts, never stopped talking to the media, you know, families that keep their Facebooks active or, you know, Rosa Paltov, who just put a new billboard up for Roxanne for her 15 year anniversary yeah. of her going missing. And I think if that were me, you know, here you have a chance to be on a national TV show called Disappeared. And I would be Fucked if I wasn't gonna be there squawking to the camera for whoever could listen. I don't know. Maybe her emotional state rendered her unable to communicate, or maybe she's a disgusting trash rat who murdered her son. Did I mention she's not here for this fucking show? I mean, listen, if it were you
0: and me, we would be like, I don't care what you call me, call me a murderer, call me anything. But don't stop searching for my kid. I want my kid.
1: We are always here for the victims and the victim's family. The victim's family is here. His mother is Is not. not. Am I wrong for how angry I'm getting? I mean, listen, no signs of struggle. No forensic evidence
0: supporting that there was someone else in that apartment. There's so much that really just falls back on her. So really, it is your duty, no matter what, to constantly be out there saying, it wasn't me. Even if you think it was, I don't care. Bring my son back.
1: You would catch me, like, tap dancing in a minefield wearing fucking clown shoes before I would shut up about my kid, you know? I would like to see that.
2: A local business offers a $5,000 reward for information about Zachary. Clearwater police receive hundreds of calls. None of them lead anywhere. But in the spring of 2001, eight months after Zachary vanished, Clearwater police receive tip number 746 in the case. A confidential informant tells Clearwater police about Kevin Jalbert, a Florida man who has boasted
0: about doing awful things to children. And we hear the name... Kevin Jalbert, this piece of shit. Oh,
1: baby. I mean, truly the the human embodiment of an actual piece of shit in the Florida sun on the side of the road, unable to be detected if it was human or animal or otherwise.
0: But covered in flies and manure. Like, disgusting, vile human being, if you can even call him that.
1: Yeah. Hold on to your butts. Strap down your Grand Tetons. Give the kids a screen because this man is high key demonic. Yeah, yeah. We learned that they get an undercover officer to somehow befriend this piece of shit Kevin Jalbert. And to get into his, you know, his underground
0: pedophilia community. Or, uh, which
1: so many things happen in this world that we don't see or understand. But basically, you know, this crusty shit-kicking fuckface invites this <laughs> undercover police officer on a joyride where they drive all around Clearwater looking for little boys to abduct. I can't see straight right now. What I can't even see straight saying that sentence.
0: fuck. I don't know what happens in a person's life or mine to make them want to harm a child. It oh, is God. dark. It's sick. It is so sick. So... I don't know how this undercover cop did it. I could never. I feel like I'm a good actor. I know you're a great actor. I don't know how. I mean, this yeah. undercover cop got in the car with Jalbert and drove around Clearwater while Jalbert is bragging about kidnapping, raping, murdering young boys, He says, oh, I brought bleach and other items that we may need, and if we find somebody that we can clean up and dispose of a body, and this undercover cop is just
1: sitting there having to go along with it, I would explode. Not all heroes wear capes, because we'll hear what happened to him, but he did it. So then Kevin, this disgusting, poor excuse for a human, pulls into the Savannah Trace Apartments. Remember, this is where Zachary and Leah lived. And he says, he points to the place and says this is where he kidnapped his most recent boy, the, the last boy he abducted. And he points to the an apartment and it's not Zachary's apartment.
0: Right. And Jalbert also gives a description of what his victim was wearing that night and it doesn't match what Zachary was wearing. So, the investigators are like, we can't confess link him to Zachary's disappearance. But even so, on June 22nd of 2001, the Clearwater Police arrest Jalbert for solicitation of murder, and when they interview him, he denies abducting Zachary or, you know, any other kids. He says, I was just boasting and they were just fantasies. Oh, oh, they were just fantasies? Cool, cool. Can we put this man in the deepest, darkest pit of hell and destroy the key? Did you think that that was going to be a defense?
1: Yeah, I mean, they sure as fuck get this ass clown off the streets of Florida but they go through his home his computer and they find you know a plethora of child pornography and and the other thing that they found that sort of perked their ears up was they found a certificate for a landfill drop off two weeks after Zachary went missing and so immediately
0: they go and search the landfill but they sadly don't find anything
1: and I don't want to be graphic because that's not our style but yeah. I think everyone can sort of think to themselves how challenging that would be to look through a landfill yeah. and what things could have happened and then we see this piece a shit's mugshot, and he looks like he bites his toenails and keeps them in a jar. He is so, so disgusting. He
0: disgusting. looks like a sweaty pork rind. It's disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, he was convicted of solicitation for kidnapping, sexual assault, murder, and 60 counts of child pornography, which lands him in jail for 40 years. To which I say, Rotten jail, you piece of shit.
2: One year passes. Zachary's family hopes to use the anniversary to get the case back in the media that day. But his story is overshadowed by a national tragedy.
3: My nephew went missing on 9-11 of 2000. On 9-11 of 2001, the World Trade Centers went down. As far as trying to get coverage for my nephew in my little town of Clearwater, Florida, going national for people to see him on a national level just doesn't happen.
1: So a year passes. Now, if you were paying attention to when this happened... You know, on the one year anniversary of him going missing, which is when, you know, sadly, there are a lot of people who have kind of commemorative. Is that is that the right word? Yeah. Uh, a, a ceremony. You know, sometimes they'll do lanterns or plant a tree or something that brings the family a little peace. However. an attention to the case. Yeah. But yes. reignite it. you know, maybe some media coverage but that was 911. Yeah. The 1-year anniversary of this poor sweet boy going missing was, you know, the biggest tragedy of of our generation. Yeah. So there was just no conversation about Zachary.
0: It's so sad. Also, it's wild to think that 911 was 21 years ago. I know.
1: I know it's so. It's so. There's obviously, you know, in our generation, there's a handful of things of where were you. I could paint that day like a fucking picture. You really? Know? It, and it's just, it's yeah, it's wild to think it was so long ago, and it, the date is still so impactful in our mind.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: Now let's talk. 9 11 on our <laughs> comedy podcast, shall we? Jesus. Can someone tell a knock knock joke? <laughs> oh, God.
0: It is, it
1: is so awkward. <laughs> so we skip- to new well, year's sorry. eve <laughs> 2001 <laughs> and uh we learned that three little boys are at the playground at the savannah trace apartments
2: a man driving a white pickup truck snatched the boy from the apartment complex parking lot
1: it draws a lot of red flags and uh once again it was a an all hands on deck type of case there was lots of thoughts of you know could
3: these two be related like okay well the same apartment complex. What if this is the same person? Did they catch him? Or are they going to catch him? It was terrible to know that somebody else in that same place got taken. And it was put all over the news about this white truck.
0: A truck pulls up. A man gets out to offer the boys some ice cream. I mean, how many times did we hear Stranger Danger yep. when we were kids? And then around 10 hours later, something happens.
1: Yeah, there was a man who just saw and heard something weird. And it was that little boy in a dumpster about 80 miles away from home. He was crying, but he was alive. Yeah. And, you know, the little five-year-old tries to give a description of this man. He gives a five-year-old's description sure. for a thing. And, you know, they tell us that there doesn't seem to be a connection between this little boy who was abducted and... Zachary. And I was like, they say there's no connection. And I was like, except this fucking complex. (laughs) Can we shut this complex down? Can we tear it down? Can we bulldoze this place? Can we build another complex? The fuck is happening in Clearwater, Florida? What is happening in Clearwater, Florida? What is happening? There's no connection other than the fact that little boys keep going missing from this fucking place. Thank God this little boy was found and he was okay. But this could have gone a separate direction, Clearwater, Florida. There's no connection?
0: Listen, Clearwater, your water may be clear, but your problems are not. They're dark and murky. Yeah, it's really horrifying, but I'm so glad that this family was able to be reunited with their child. By the way, they never catch that man. Or find the truck. So... Years pass. There's no new information on Zachary. The family tries to keep his face and name out there.
1: When you say family, you mean everybody except for his mother. Well,
0: that, very that. Uh, We see progression photos that were made for the public so that, you know, they know what they're looking for. Then the family talks about how hard it is watching Zachary grow up through these photos that are put on posters and and T-shirts. I I can't even imagine.
1: You know, these people who do, they're volunteers. These people who make these, you know, age-rendering photos yeah. Which I would really love just a quick tutorial on Canva if any of you guys have a second. I appreciate what you do. I just feel like I could be doing things a little more faster and more efficiently. I have no art skills whatsoever. But they release those photos, you know, every two years, and 16 years have gone by by the time this episode has aired. And, you know, I'm wicked good at math eight photos of their baby boy what he would look like and I know that would probably be helpful you know in terms of finding missing kids but so gut-wrenching because they don't know what Zachary looks like. No they don't. They don't don't. know how he's aged you know maybe the picture is close but it's not spot on but it's kind of all they have and you know we kind of close with this family crying saying you know wonder wondering where they could be and they say that this is sort of the most confessional Founding child abduction case that Clearwater, Florida has seen, and it always stays in their memory. Yeah, and they close with saying that Leah has told everything that she knows, and I just want to say, you know, we are always here for victims and victims' families, and I might get a lot of shit for that, but I would be lying if I didn't say that my brain is like, well, where the fuck are you then? Where the fuck? Are you Leah? Because grandma is here. Auntie is here. Cousins by the dozens. I didn't even mean for that to happen. (laughs) Are here and they're distraught and we see their visible anguish and their confusion. So where the fuck is Leah? I can leave space. I can leave space for sorrow. I can leave space for depression. But you get this chance to be on a national platform that is this show Disappeared to tell the world how much you miss and love your son that dozens, hundreds of families would kill for the opportunity to have such a big national platform, national eyes on it, hundreds of thousands of eyes and you're not fucking here? Okay, Leah, baby girl, I got my eyes on you. It
0: doesn't look good for her. Also, you know, Grandma Carol talks about how this disappearance of Zachary really destroyed the family because half of the family is like... Leah is innocent, but the other half is like Leah is absolutely involved, knows what happened and won't say.
1: So we got a lot more to talk about. Of side research. Okay. But of course, like always, if you have any information as to the whereabouts of this sweet little boy, Zachary Bernhardt, please call the Clearwater Police Department at 727-562-4200. This is in no way a cold case in the sense that it just, it haunts them, you know, to this day. But I did some side research. Uh-oh. I got a lot of information I would like to share with you. And then we'll chat chat. Okay. Now, Leah Hackett had another child. What? Leah Hackett had a little baby girl. What? Yep. And not only that, Leah Hackett had gone missing two times in the past four years before Zachary went missing. So what happened was Leah Hackett had a six-year-old, a child younger than Zachary, with a man by the name of Jacques. Now Jacques had sued Leah for custody because when Jacques came down to visit his little girl on a Saturday, June of that same year, Hackett refused to let her to her home and met him on a stretch of road on I-75 and dropped off his little girl I think her name is Laren, and she wanted him to watch both kids. Now, Zach was not his son. She wanted to go out that night, and he agreed, and he had paged Leah repeatedly, but didn't hear from her till Monday.
0: Holy shit. Showed
1: up Monday to pick up her two kids. So Jock was like, fuck this. I'm taking my little girl back to Michigan, and a judge agreed that that little girl should be with her dad. There was a lot left out of this episode. Let me tell you, disappeared, did disappeared light on Leah Hackett, okay? <laughs> Five days before Zachary disappeared, also left out of the episode, Hackett was notified that she was going to be evicted for not paying rent. Okay. Oh. Also left out of the episode, Sue Dalton, a neighbor, said she went out for a smoke and saw Leah Hackett's Dodge pulling up to the complex around 3 a.m., which would not line up with her timeline that she was home all night. Beyond that, what time do complex pools usually close? Oh, 10 p.m. 10 p.m. on the nose. That's exactly what Sue Dalton said. She said how she would have had to have hopped the fence to get into that pool. She had to take a swim. She didn't just mosey on up there. If her timeline was accurate, she would have had to jump the fence to get into that pool. Yeah. Now, here we go. Hold Uh on to your butts. Oh, God. Leah Hackett had also lied to friends, teachers, and other neighbors that she had cancer. She never did. What? To try to get money out of them? To try and get money, sympathy, free babysitting. Now, If her timeline was accurate, now let's say somebody came into their home, you know, broke in because she left the door open. Her timeline was about 15 minutes. So one of two things happened. Either she went out at 11 o'clock and came home at about 3.30 and something happened in that window, a la Casey Anthony, or something happened to that little boy and when Leah went out to take out the garbage... What was in that garbage?
0: Oh, God. Listen,
1: honey, I... You were taking a swim in your normal clothes at 4 a.m., and there was a 15-minute window where someone would have had to know that your son was in there. Not only that, your door was unlocked. Seems to me... That she made a story that would conveniently fit into that very suspicious timeline. Yeah. Even some of her own sisters don't believe her. That's what they were talking about. So... Listen, I don't want to be the one that comes down on a parent, but this is all very, very suspicious to me. Oh, it is. I mean, listen, I, don't,
0: I think that most people can agree when the evidence is in front of you that you can't ignore it. I mean, obviously, we want to believe that a mother wouldn't be capable of doing harm against their child. In my mind, I was thinking, well, maybe she accidentally killed him. Or, or who knows? And, and something could have happened, and she panicked.
1: Yep. I just... Do not believe, because there was no forced entry, there was nothing. Why would someone know her door was unlocked? Right. Why would someone know that, you know? So, listen... I apologize if you think I'm coming down hard, but my loyalty is to this sweet baby who does not have an answer to what happened to him. So, as far as I'm concerned, she is the human embodiment of an itchy sweater. She makes me very uncomfortable, <laughs> and I'm very curious why she's around. <laughs> bow, 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 <laughs> Sweet baby Zachary. Listen, I'm going to get some DMs for coming down on that mom, but I don't give a shit.
0: I just want to say, if you're not part of our Facebook group, please join it. It's called, I know I'm jumping the gun here, Obsessed with Disappeared Podcast Discussion Group. Start a thread. I want your theories. I want to be involved. I want to talk about this because I'm so curious
1: yeah no I agree and you can join us on all our other social media you can join us on Instagram at the disappeared pod you can join us on Twitter but we love our Facebook group it is just a bunch of down bitches you know talking about the cases talking about life mostly making fun of us which you know we deserve from time to time we have it coming and please join us on our Patreon we call it the drama club that is where we do all of our bonus content and it is anything that you want to hear. We let you take the lead. We got a list a mile long. We can't wait to get through them. So if you have a long trip this summer or you got a lot of closets to clean out, maybe you're Marie condoing your closets. Let us (laughs) hang out with you. We would absolutely love it. Thank you so much for supporting us and letting this be our job. We love it more than we can say. We really
0: do. We love you guys and I love when you all tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have so far on our backlog You can go back to Snapped Snapped was one crazy roller coaster After another Evil lives here A little bit hard You know I was obsessed with Seeing no evil That is the camera show Where they used all the surveillance cameras To piece together And nine times out of ten They found the bad guy Which I loved And then Pink Collar Crimes Which was just trash on trash on trash the But it is all there Ready for you to download and binge We would love to be in your ears two times a week. And um, I love you so much, Joey. I love you, Yellen Marsh. And I love all of you DBs. Thank you for listening. We love our dumb bitches. We cannot wait to see you at Obsessed Fest. And keep your eyes and ears open for some more fun announcements. Yes. I can't wait to hug you all. See you soon. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, without hesitation, Leah beelines to the babysitter's house starts banging on the door to wake them up. Of course, they stumble out of bed. No idea what's happening. And they're like, Zachary's not here.
1: Did they stumble out of bed and then tumble to the kitchen? I'm sorry. I just...
0: Do you want to have a nice day with me? <laughs> I want to have a nice day I with just,
1: you. I couldn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But bum, 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 oh, bum, 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 let bum, me just bum, bum. remind you all. <laughs> you know, she uh, she can... get. Oh, helper, like Lord. Helper,
0: Lord. I'm praying for you. You can do it, Ellen. I believe in you. <laughs> helper, Lord. Send the angels. I'm
1: just saying. <laughs> anyway, back to Leah. Um... <laughs> <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> wow. I'm so glad that Bedwetter was a fulfilling experience that softened you as a human being. Anyways. <laughs> <so> <laughs>
1: um...